You're listening to the Hope United podcast, creating an atmosphere of worship, family, and discipleship. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit hopeunited.church. Well, I finished this message at 5 a.m. this morning. And sometimes the first time you preach something, it's like having a baby. It's like, (sighs) so just bear with me and whisper a prayer for me. This, when Pastor Joshua asked me to speak on unconditional love automatically, I said, oh, that's easy. This is the hardest message I think I've ever studied for. Because what is the, what is the most wonderful thing in the world? Love. What is the most painful thing in the world? Lost love, broken hearts. The most painful. Okay, so today's message is on unconditional love. There is only one place that we can get unconditional love, and that's from the Father. But we too can have it if we get it from Him. When um, I was in college, my philosophy teacher gets up and writes on the board, Love is... Having your needs met adequately. That is the most opposite of what love is. Only the one that created love can tell us what love is. Can I have uh, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4? I know you've heard it all your life. It was at my wedding. Most of you had it at your, at your wedding, but let's read it. Love is. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We are loved by God unconditionally. No matter what you do, you cannot qualify for his love. Because he's like a parent, the perfect parent. You love what you create in spite of what they do. In spite of baby's messy diapers. You love them no matter what. And that's how his heart is toward us. It's unconditional. His love is perfect love. Amen? Okay, I'm going to tell you a story now. Before I tell the story, I have to tell you that my daddy had a little sayings, and he would always say things. And one of us would get, you know, it was four girls. One of us would get our feelings hurt at school, or the neighbor said something. He would say, you cannot expect love from people that don't know Jesus, because only people that know Jesus have his love. There's a scripture that says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and he that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Some of you know that from children's church. But there's a story in the Old Testament, and it's the story of a prophet named Hosea. Now, Hosea is a type and shadow. He's a type of God, and he's a shadow of Christ to come. He's a type and shadow. So when I tell you the story of Hosea, think of God and think of Jesus. 
So Hosea was this young prophet and he loved God and he, he served God his whole life. He kept himself pure. He, he said, God, whatever you want from me, I will do wherever you want me to go. I will go. He was a righteous man. And then there was a little girl named Gomer and Gomer started out with dreams and hopes and desires of a family and children. And she fell in love with the wrong guy. He, he used her and then he discarded her. And then she on a rebound thought she'd found the one and gave herself again. And he discarded her even quickly, even more quickly. And then there was a, a line of lovers that threw her aside. And she found herself one day on the wrong side of the track, standing on the street corner. And God said to Hosea one day, son, it's time for you to marry and I've got just the girl for you. And he was so excited. He said, I've kept myself and we can share our purity together and have a family. And, and God said, go down this road. And he said, this way, God? Yes, down this back alley. And he said, this way, God. And he said, that girl standing there on the corner. And he goes, that girl. And he said, yes, you said you would do anything. You would go anywhere. You would say anything I ask you to say. And he said, yes, Lord. But the amazing thing about Gomer, about Hosea was not that he obeyed God, but that he loved her. He loved Gomer. And he married Gomer and he had children with Gomer, but Gomer kept slipping out back to her old ways. One day she ran away and she was back to her old lifestyle and she got captured and beaten and she was up on the blocks being slaved as a, being sold as a slave. Her hands were in shackles and her feet were in shackles. Her head was down and her body was beaten and bloody and the prophet Hosea walked by and he looked up and he goes, oh, I will buy her. And he bought her and he took her home and she fell on the floor and she said, master, master, thank you for saving me. And he picked her up and he looked in her eyes and he said, don't call me master, call me husband. That's the way God does us. Whatever we do, when we fall, when we make mistakes, he picks us up. Jesus is our husband. We are a type of Gomer. Now, I want to take you to the scripture. I won't read the whole thing, but the scripture says, when the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take for yourself a wife of a holiratry. Hol <laughs> How do you say it? Holiratry. Okay, whoredom. This <laughs> is... Same thing. Okay. So go take your wife of harlotry, harlotry. So she did. And after he went and bought her back, he said, therefore, I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will bring her back to her vineyards and the valley of acre acor as the door of hope. She shall sing there as in her days of youth, I will restore her and it will be. In that day, she says, and I will say to her, call me husband, not master. So he said, whatever trouble we're going through, we will hold on and we will walk through the valley of trouble 
Because in the valley of trouble, there's a door of hope. Jesus is that door, isn't he? He's always that door. No matter how far you get, if you stay walking toward him, he opens the door. Now I want to tell you another story. You know, I am a storyteller, right? (laughs) This is the story of Moses in the wilderness. Now Moses was in the wilderness and God said, build me an ark, an ark of the covenant where I would dwell among my people. A lot of people called it the God box because God was actually in this box. They overlaid it with gold. They beat gold all over it. I've been up all night getting the beat. (laughs) But they covered this box with gold. And on the top of the box, there was a mercy seat. And there were two angels, two angels set on the top of the box. Now, God told Moses to build it. And he commanded Moses, have the angels looking and facing each other, but looking at the mercy seat. Because the seat is where we will put the sacrificial blood. The seat is where we will sprinkle the blood of the ox as a sacrifice. And so David, he got the plans from God. And God said to David, you can't build the temple, but here are the plans. Tell Solomon to make room for the tent, for the Ark of the Covenant in the temple. Tell Solomon, make room for the Ark. Well, you know, after David fell into sin with Bathsheba and killed her husband, Uriah, after he fell into sin, he never again called the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. He only referred to it as the mercy seat, the mercy seat. What is mercy in our terms? Mercy is holding back what we deserve. I asked the Lord this week, I said, how, how do we have unconditional love? How do we get in unconditional love? How do we acquire it? How do we get there? And he said, unconditional love is the action of mercy. The act of mercy. That's unconditional love. But still, what is mercy? Do we understand fully what mercy is? Mercy. The box was full of God. Where does God dwell today? In us. You know what was in the box? Three things. The tablets with the Ten Commandments. The law written. The law must be written on our heart. There was a, there was a rod that when it got in the box, it began to sprout and bud. When people come in to our presence, they should have life. They should get life. What's manna in a clay pot? There was manna. And you know, manna every 24 hours, it was rotten, full of worms. But the manna is the daily bread. That we have to give to this world. We are that box. Now, did you know that there's a story in the Bible about the man that lay beside the pool for 38 years. And lay beside the pool of Bethesda. Can you say Bethesda? Bethesda means house of mercy. 
house of mercy. And there were five pools. And those five pools represent the fivefold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. And so people would lay there on these porches, but they couldn't get in the pools. And God said to me this week, people come into the house. They come in and they're broken with life. They're discouraged and they're laying beside the pool, paralyzed, but they can't get in the water unless we put them in. We, the body of Christ, must lift them in. They come in and they go, please don't judge me. Please don't be mean to me. Don't be rude to me. Can you just be kind? Can you just show me mercy so I can get to the pool? How many people do we pass by every day that are broken and wounded? They just need to be lifted into the pool. Let me read two scriptures too. If I might have to have them put up there. In the New Testament, Jesus taught. Isn't it amazing the words of Jesus? I mean, today, the words of Jesus today minister to us. These are the words in red. Blessed is the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let's start at the beginning. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger for and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What is in the middle? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We must have mercy in the middle of our children's ministry, in the middle of our hostesses, in the middle of our prayer uh, praise team, in the middle of our sanctuary. We must make room for mercy. Mercy, because blessed are the merciful. The merciful will get mercy. How many of you need mercy? I need mercy. Why do you think David, why do you think David called it the mercy seat after he fell with Bathsheba and killed her husband? Why do you think God gave him mercy? Have you ever thought about that? Why didn't God just wipe him out? What about when David was about to kill Saul, but he just cut a little piece of his garment off? He sowed mercy. What about when it said, kill all the ancestors of the previous king? And he took a little crippled Mephibosheth and he put him at his table and he fed him and he took care of him. He sowed mercy. He sowed mercy. I choose to sow mercy. Let's check our hearts today. Do we, do we stand at the tree of choice, the tree of good and evil? What choice do we make every day? Do we choose to put that one in the pool of Bethesda and sow mercy? Everybody needs mercy. I need mercy. Everyone in this house needs mercy. But we only get mercy if we sow mercy. And mercy is the character of unconditional love. Okay. My favorite scripture for right now. It changes from time to time. But is Micah. 
6, 8. Can we put that up, Micah? Well, I might have given you the wrong one. I did. Micah 6, 8. I'll read it from here. It says, what the Lord requires. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to do justly, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly. To love mercy, not just every once in a while, but to love mercy, love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Mercy holds back what we deserve. Mercy holds it back. Now, I want to give you just a little um, (laughs) illustrated sermon, if I might. I have a couple of couples, a couple of people that I've asked to help me. Three different sets of people. I have a married couple. I have the church, Sandy and Annette. And then I have a a business couple. But you're all, if you look, they're all, you can stay right here. That's fine. You're all mature in the things of the spirit. Okay, no, not with each other, just two, 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 two. Okay, can I have the picture of the Ark of the Covenant? Now. You have to put your hands together and touch your fingers. Only your fingers. Look at this picture of the ark. Does everybody see it? You see the tips of the angel's wings are touching. This is instructional for us today. We are the God box. But we only touch each other in the spirit realm. Look at the eyes. Look at the eyes. The eyes are looking at the blood on the mercy seat. They're not looking at each other. We can't see each other eye to eye on anything. There's no one on the face of the earth that you see eye to eye. No one. No one do you see eye to eye. Black and white and red and yellow. No one sees black to black, exactly eye to eye. Male and female, man and wife, children. You're not going to ever see eye to eye. But if you choose to see each other through the blood. If you make the choice today to see each other through the blood, if you say, this is the secret to marriage, this is the secret to family, and this is the secret to church. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect family. There is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect person. But we must see each other through the blood. You look at the blood and you say to your husband, to your children, to your family at hope, you hurt me, but I love you. I see you through the blood. You look at your children. You disappointed me, but I see you through the blood. You broke my heart, but I love you. You're mine. And I see you through the blood. People have left the house and talked about us and lied about us and broken our hearts. But I will not fight. I will not fight with you. I will love you and see you through the blood. I will see my family through the blood. I will see my church through the blood. If you today realize that you need mercy... Everybody stand, please. If you realize today that you need mercy, 
I want you to make your way down here. If you realize today that you've been wounded and hurt and you need mercy, you need to be lifted into the pool of Bethesda, I want you to come down here. If you're here today and you realize that you have not sown mercy and you want to be a giver of mercy, I want you to come down here today. If you do not know the love, the unconditional love of Jesus, and you want him in your life, I want you to come right here, right here. If you do not know Jesus, I want you to come right here. Because today, God wants to baptize us with unconditional love, with the evidence of mercy, with the evidence of mercy. There's nothing you can do to qualify for it. There's nothing you can do to gain his love. He loves you. That's it. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. With an amazing, unmerited love. There's nothing you can do. His love is there. It's strong. It's perfect. It's unwavering. But we have to make the choice to see each other through the blood. We cannot look eye to eye. We never will agree on everything. But only through the blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this people. Thank you for this the spirit in this house. This house is a house of mercy. This is a house of love. I want to touch everyone here, but I I also want to um, know if there's a a few of the uh, altar workers that can move with me. Let's, I need the anointing oil. You know, the, the love of Jesus is unfathomable. I, I mean, I try to think about it and it just gets better every day. Doesn't it, Robert? It just gets better every day. And, you know, I feel sometimes I get before the Lord and I feel so so small and insignificant, but I feel so loved. And that's how he is. He just scoops us up in his big arms and loves us. And you know, life has disappointed us, some more than others. Life has broken us, some more than others. But we're a family. God has his little family, the couple, then the big family, the church, and then the universal family, the body of Christ. But we're all connected. We can't criticize each other. We can't afford to be mean. We can't judge. We have to choose to sow mercy. Close your eyes and lift both your hands. Father, forgive me where I've come short of mercy. Forgive me. I just want you. I just want more of you. I want to act like you. I want to be like you. I want to love like you. I thank you, Father, for this people, this precious people that have responded to your heart today. Thank you for their lives. I just cover them in the blood of Jesus right now. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you pour out your love, that you pour your love. I thank you, Father, for a baptism of your mercy. Thank you, Father, for these precious ones, Lord. Father, just... Help them choose mercy today. Help them to choose. 
Thank you for listening to the Hope United podcast. Be sure to visit hopeunited.church for more exciting content.